sequence to disarm the bomb. Never. Dooku would kill me for losing a Naxus. And you think I won't? You're a Jedi. You're no I don't have such weaknesses. Now let's try that again. It's time for Send in the Clones! Join your hosts, Buto and Robbie, on an epic journey through a galaxy far, far away as they follow the escapades of Anakin Skywalker and the Jedi Knights with the clone army of the Republic in their struggle against Count Dooku and the droid army of the evil Separatists. So step in and prepare for adventure because it's time to send in the clones! In this episode... After rescuing Arc Trooper Echo from the clutches of the dastardly techno-union, it's time for the clones and the Jedis to turn the tables on the Separatists! So Echo himself cooks up a strategy which will take him back into action to take back an axis. Hey troops, it's your old buddy Bucho. A Clone Wars rookie on my first ever watch of the Clone Wars. And next to me in the dropship, he's a Clone Wars veteran who's done three tours of the first six seasons of the Clone Wars. He's the Captain Rex to my Echo. It's just Justy Power Robbie. Hello there. And we are going to talk about the 125th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars chronology written by Brent Friedman, directed by Brian Callan O'Connell. It's Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business. So Robbie, how about we roll out with you letting us know if you remembered any details about Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business from the animatics before you watched this finished version this week? No. No, I I didn't really remember any of this. But I mean, it was it's kind of like um, as I was watching it, it'd be like, oh yeah, that seems kind of familiar. But I, it seems like what they've done is that they kind of had a pretty fleshed out outline of how this arc would go, and then they've kind of supplemented it with some extra scenes here and there. I could not remember anything from the episode before and every now and then something would pop up and go yeah that seems familiar but i'm not quite sure I and mean, it just could have been you know that my lack of attention back then when i watched the story reels or whatever i can't remember what they called them but but yeah so not too much well then you didn't remember that unfinished business opens with echo back on deck with the good guys and even being allowed to take the lead and planning a mission to secure victory on Anaxis. And it turns out that mission will involve Anakin, Rex, and the Bad Batch, aka Clone Force 99, returning Echo to action and plugging him back in, this time on board Admiral Trench's Dreadnought. So, as our heroes sneak past the Separatist fleet defenses using Echo's inside knowledge of Separatist codes, kind of using a variation of the old Return of the Jedi trick, our other heroes, Mace, Windu, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, lead a frontal assault from the air. And so we get that sweet Y-Wing low-level attack run business here. And shortly after that, we also get a sweet speech from Mace Windu to the welcoming party of battle droids in which Mace generously offers the enemy droids the opportunity to surrender rather than being dismantled and destroyed like the other 100,000 battle droids mace has apparently dismantled and destroyed at this point in the clone war but the droids ain't buying what mace is selling robbie so it's time for some pew pew as the clone troopers join the party and then it's time for even more pew pew as echo roots all of the battle droids in the entire base to the assembly plant where mace and obi-wan already have their hands full and that is when Echo sends an energy surge which shuts down all of the battle droids and leads our heroes to assume that victory is secured. And 
I only actually have one note on this part of the episode, Robbie. I thought it was very fun, very enjoyable first half of the episode for the most part. There was one moment that I have noted here as my least favorite shot of the episode, and it's one of the long shots in the assembly plant, which shows the clone troopers standing on top of crates completely exposed instead of using said crates for cover. So it's really just me and my constant whining about how the clones are still no good at using cover. But like I said, aside from that, I like this first half of the episode a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of action. There's a nice tension from Echo heading back into the breach so soon. There's Wrecker being Wrecker. But enough of my blathering, Robbie. How did you like this first part of Unfinished Business? I mean, I liked it. The thing that I enjoyed about the first part, I guess really the whole episode, was this kind of question of whether or not Echo was Echo, you know? Right, which, as you mentioned, when we talked about the Wings of Keradax, the last episode, this doubt about the state of Echo's mind was sort of set up for the audience at the end of the last episode when we get that zoom into Echo's uncertain face. And some slightly dissonant musical scoring from Kevin Kiner just kind of reminding us that Echo has been through a lot and maybe we can't quite be certain of just where his head is just yet. Right, but it's one of those things where in a way I'm glad that they acknowledged it in the story, you know, and, the, and have the characters have a discussion about it. But at the same time, it sort of took away a little bit of the intrigue because I feel like, I mean, if you've watched The Clone Wars or really any popular media in the last 50 years, you know that when they bring up something like that and they're suspicious, typically it doesn't. It just felt like it took a little bit of the surprise. So even though I'm kind of glad they had that conversation, I almost wish they didn't because I feel like you kind of want to keep the audience in suspense too as to whether or not he's going to do the, you know, he's going to help out our heroes. And by having them, every one of them seem to be very... Well, I don't know about this Echo guy. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know if I'm making any sense. Would you maybe rather they'd done it slightly differently and maybe had a cut or two of the camera to Echo's face expressing the same kind of doubt that we saw at the end of the previous episode, but not have any of the team notice it or make any comments about it? I think what might have worked better is having... I mean, this is just an idea, but like when Echo's kind of outlining the plan at the beginning... Instead of them constantly bringing up, are you sure? That seems blah, 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 you know, whatever. Having them kind of give each other looks as to like, wait, are we doing, we're, we're going to do this? Maybe see that there's, I guess, some dissenting opinions on whether or not they can trust Echo kind of growing within the team. I think, I don't know. I just feel like that would have brought a little more drama, but. I think I get you. I just think from what we've seen of the Bad Batch they're not a team of shrinking violets who are just going to hang back and not speak their minds whenever they don't think something makes sense to them you know they're kind of characterized by their belief in themselves and each other and their lack of reluctance when it comes to speaking their minds I think I get that but maybe maybe have one of the Jedi do it yeah I could see that working maybe have Anakin look at Mace Windu like I mean you know yeah he's, he's all for the dangerous kind of plan but i don't know i just feel like the intrigue was taken away a little bit and kind of it it was kind of dismantled a little bit just from the fact that they talked about it so much but i still enjoyed it and i do appreciate the fact that you know they kind of went all in on that so it's i'm kind of of two minds here you know i kind of wish for a little more intrigue but i'm kind of glad that they still you know acknowledged it i guess sure but yeah the thing that irritates me a little bit is the fact that watt tambor wouldn't have even let 
anyone know that Echo was gone? Yeah, I guess he's kind of betting on the notion that what Tambor will have been too ashamed to let his allies know that he's just suffered a terrible, humiliating defeat and the loss of his key weapon and the information war between the two sides. But yeah, that is a pretty massive gamble for sure. I guess it hinges on believing that Echo, having been in what Tambor's lair for so long and having learned via access to all of what Tambor's information, just how what Tambor rolls, that there's maybe the idea that Echo knows how what Tambor rolls better than anyone else at that point so we kind of trust him weirdly yeah it just seems like I don't know it just seems like a glaring I don't know but it, it's also you know there's so you're basically talking about almost like the Axis powers right and if sure. one country had an issue they may not let the other the other team the other part of the team know hey uh, we screwed up you know sure so it's I just wanted to bring it up because it's one of those things that I think is is interesting. It just feels very convenient in a way. The other thing, I mean, just a couple of things here. The reliance on, it's almost like a different style of quote-unquote filmmaking here. The reliance on cuts that they used to do all the time. There seems to be here, there's these sweeping shots that lead into another part of the scene or another part of the action. And it's something that's really evident here especially on you know like mace windu's and obi-wan's arrival to that assembly complex it's just so cool looking and it's a big sweeping shot that leads you into the next part of the scene it's something that i feel like they hadn't done before and this is something that is really new for this season and maybe it's just because of time you know they've had the time to really kind of plan out these episodes and maybe their budget was higher. I don't I mean, who who knows? I don't know what Disney's given them and how much uh, leeway that they've been given. But it just seems very, very well thought out. The way that the action plays out, the way that these almost uninterrupted takes are just so cool looking and so well done that I'm just, I don't know. It's just something that I, I noticed while watching the episode. It's just really uh, impressive. Yeah, Brian, Kellen O'Connell, and Dave and the team were firing on all cylinders when they made this episode, Robbie, and it turns out, as we head into the second half of this episode, that Admiral Trench is not just a pretty face, because he has a backup plan to deal with those pesky Jedi and their clone army, and that backup plan is a big old bomb rigged up to the reactor core of the assembly plant, a bomb so big, as Echo tells us, that it could destroy most of Anaxes. So, of course, the most heroic Jedi of them all, General Mace Windu, immediately volunteers to head down into the reactor to try to disarm the bomb. But then he finds he still needs Echo to crack the code to disarm the ray shields first, and Echo almost cracks the whole code. He's just one number short, but then he gets a taste of his own medicine, and it's Echo's turn to get fried by an energy surge. But fortunately, Admiral Trench is not the only one with backup plans, Robbie, because Anakin has a backup plan of his own, and that involves going to Trench. And if Trench doesn't play ball, it involves chopping three of Trench's spider legs off, which turns out to be a pretty good backup plan, because Anakin does get the code. And the bomb is indeed disarmed, just like Admiral Trench was. (laughs) But then... Admiral Trench changes his mind about playing ball, which leads to a somewhat more Disney-fied lightsaber stabbing than we're used to, as we see Anakin's blade protruding, not from Trench himself, as we've seen in other lightsaber deaths in the past, but from the back of a chair. So the lightsaber's gone through Trench, 
and then through the chair, but we don't see it coming out of Trench, which is, I guess, the Disney-fied version of a lightsaber stabbing death these days. And as the Bad Batch exfiltrates the scene, we see Wrecker get to go full Wrecker on a bunch of Roger droids, and we get to see Crosshair pull a deflection shot trick with a system of mirrors that he sets up as he runs out. And then we get to see Wrecker's dreams come true as Anakin hands him the keys to the Dreadnought Splosion. And finally, back at home base, the Bad Batch decides that they like the cut of Echo's jib. And so Hunter tells Echo that if he ever decides that he might fit in with the Bad Batch, he's welcome to become part of Clone Force 99. And so, with the blessing of Captain Rex, Echo does join Clone Force 99, and they all live happily ever after. And the first note I've got here, Robbie, is that it was nice to see Anakin finally meet Trench face to face. The first Clone Wars villain for me was Admiral Trench. And also for anyone else, of course, who watched the series in chronological order the first time they saw it. And I particularly liked that in his death rose, Admiral Trench got one last creepy chitter out before yeah. he breathed his last. I also got a note here, Robbie, that it was just nice to see Wrecker so moved that Anakin let him blow up Trench's Dreadnought, and he called it the happiest day of his life. And, of course, I also love that Echo got a happy ending, something which, after seeing the horrific fate of Fives, I wasn't betting on. I was taking nothing for granted, and I was even kind of bracing myself for another downer ending for the last domino squad man standing but now i've been talking for what must be like 75 minutes or something robbie so why don't i shut up while you tell us how did you like the second half of unfinished business yeah i mean uh i've got quite a bit of notes here that i just i don't know things that that just stuck out to me there's and this might actually be part of the first part of the episode but it's something i guess i've glossed over it's uh, when Windu and Obi-Wan are having the conversation about there's more droids headed this way. While he's talking, he just kind of nonchalantly blocks a blaster bolt. I just love that. <laughs> it's just a small little detail, and I just really, really like that. It kind of harkens back to me for episode two. There's a part where he's running away, and a droid turns to shoot him, and he's already in the move to block it. Right. And it's one of those things that I just really like about Windu. He seems to have like almost more foresight than other people. Like Anakin, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I just love the way that that kind of plays out. I don't know if that's, if that was intentional to be alluded to that, but it's one of my favorite things that I've seen Mace Windu do is just kind of him just, he just, he lifts it up and then you hear the blaster bolt. Right. So it's just kind of a neat little detail that I liked. Uh, let's see. I will tell you that there's a part, I think it's when uh, Wrecker says, you know, we've got more droids. There was a part that I was like, man, I hope they don't take any of the Bad Batch out. I felt that moment where it was like, this could go one of two ways. You know, you could make it almost like that. There's like a, almost like heavy-esque kind of moment where, you know, maybe one of them gets taken out. And I was like, man, I really don't want that to happen. But this had, in fact, if you think about it, this whole arc has almost been a little more cartoonish when it comes to the Bad Batch because they put themselves in some pretty bad situations and they're really in no danger at all. Yeah, they seem not only indestructible, but unhittable almost. But at the same time, it, it almost felt like this was the point where it might turn and I was like, man, I hope that doesn't happen. Of course, I'd had nothing to worry about because they all make it out just fine. Not even a scratch, you know? Yeah. I love the fact that, again, going back to animation, I guess the the leaps in in technology or whatever, time, whatever it is. Anakin, when he says, I don't have those weaknesses. Yeah, I love that moment. He looks so angry and he looks, 
he just looks more fierce than I've, we've ever seen him in the show. At least to me, he didn't. And uh, I just really, really love that. And, you know, when he's making his way out with a detonator and he goes, the way he says, Admiral, it was a pleasure. <laughs> I just really, really like yeah. that. That whole scene between Anakin and Trench was really cool. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, echoing the, uh, you know, Wrecker and Crosshair taking out droids, uh, Wrecker with the detonator at the end. And then it almost makes you feel like this introduction of the Bad Batch and the way that they did it and the way that they told the story almost feels like this might be a jumping off point. Yes, please, Robbie. Possibly. Heck yes. You know, I mean, I could see, I could definitely see, you know, a comic series or a book or, or even, an, uh, you know, maybe a little shorts or something with the Bad Batch. I would love that. I think they did an excellent job with those characters. I love all of them. You know, I know that you, you know, you hate Crosshair. You know, you just despise Crosshair, but I thought I he was really, really cool. I have had a rocky relationship <laughs> with Crosshair. That is very true, Robbie. Although he's been behaving himself pretty well in the last two episodes, not acting like as much of a nerf herder as he was in those first two episodes of this story. So I've kind of come around a little bit on ornery old cynical old Crosshair. In fact, I thought it would have been cool if Crosshair had been the one to suggest bringing Echo on board yeah. as a team member of Clone yeah. Force 99. I thought that would have been a nice payoff to all of Crosshair's earlier reticence to work with anyone else who wasn't a mutated clone. But yeah, by the end, I'd pretty much forgiven Crosshair for how arrogant and crabby he'd been earlier in the story because the last two episodes, I just, he's been pretty cool. I just love all those characters. I mean, I think they all bring something really fun to a special forces unit basically in the Clone Wars. It's just so cool. I just love the idea. And I think Echo, you know, and I'm like as soon as I saw, you know, the the credits roll, I started thinking about how each team member plays a pretty good part. I mean you've got in a way you've you know, Tech and Echo might fill a similar role, but I really just love the idea of them moving on and kind of telling side stories with these characters. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Well, one thing we haven't yapped about yet, Robbie, is our standout shots of the episode. So why don't you go first and let us know what was your favorite shot of Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business? Well, there's a pretty lengthy sequence at the beginning with the approach to the assembly complex. And you've got the sort of the sweeping setup shot of, of what the, the droids on the top are. And the way that it pans around, and then it almost like a drone shot or a crane shot goes up as they start to shoot. And then you've got the shot from behind the gunships. And, and then I just love that shot because I love the pan over and you see those Z95s <laughs> go off. On, I, that was my favorite shot of the episode. So Yes, sir. You do enjoy a Z95, right? Your do. love of the Z95 <laughs> is definitely something you've talked about before on Sending the Clones. But for me, the standout shot is the very last shot of the episode. The very last shot of the arc, in fact... It's the Bad Batch with Echo now among their ranks, standing a little out front, and all five of the Bad Batch stand to attention, and they all salute our main man, Captain Rex, and I just love the things that shot says. One, it says that Echo has a promising and fulfilling future. After all the hell he's been through, there's still the potential for Echo to have a good life, at least at least until Order 66 happens. And then what happens? I don't know. But anyway, and the other thing this shot says is that the Bad Batch, who had formerly been somewhat dismissive of Riggs, 
recognized and respected. Our main man, Captain Rex, as a great dude and an excellent soldier and someone you know that the Bad Batch would be happy to fight alongside any day. So I just really thought this was a sweet way to cap off an arc which began with the Bad Batch maybe being a little bit arrogant, a little bit above the rigs, but at the end, thus saluting one of the great rigs, our main man, Captain Rex. And before we bring this one up for a landing, Robbie, we need to sum up and give our ratings. So after your latest, or should I say, after your first ever watch of the finished version of Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business, how did you like it? And where does Unfinished Business sit on that four-star Robbie scale? Well, for me, I, I feel like... Uh... There's just a couple of nitpicks that I've mentioned earlier that kind of bump this down a little bit, but I still feel like this is a solid, solid episode and arc. I mean, if you're watching The Clone Wars for the first time, you can't miss these. I almost feel like this whole season seven is going to be that way. At least that's my hope. I hope that there's nothing, you know, skippable. I mean, unless we have a Colonel Gascon surprise arc <laughs> in the middle here, I just don't see it happening. I feel like this is going to be full of great, great stuff. So anyway, for this arc, or for this episode, I should say, three and a quarter out of four stars is what I'm going to give it. Mm, I have it a little bit higher than you, I think, Robbie. I have unfinished business at eight. Admiral Trench eyes closing forever? Question mark? (laughs) Out of ten, because we know Admiral Trench is a bit of a survivor, so who knows? Maybe he'll be back, but... Yeah, it's a fun, action-packed romp. The Bad Batch, a good value, of course. I really dug seeing Anakin go dark side when he called Admiral Trench's bluff. And after Echo's Buddy Five's got such a heart-breakingly horrific ending, it's really nice to see Echo himself get something that approximates a happy ending. You know, I mean, obviously it's not an ending ending, and we don't know... What's going to happen? Order 66 is still coming up. There's still potential for a lot of heartbreak. But at least for now, we know that Echo is in good hands. He's with a band of brothers and it gives us hope for Echo. And that is mission accomplished for Season 7, Episode 4, Unfinished Business. So, Robbie, would you please take a moment to let the troops out there know if they want to let us know how much they enjoyed Unfinished Business or even this whole arc. What are our communications channels? Well, sure, we are Bucho and Robbie at Gmail and on Twitter and on Instagram. That's B-U-C-H-O-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y. Yes, sir. And of course, the troops can join us again next time for the 126th episode in the StarWars.com Clone Wars Chronology, Season 7, Episode 5, Gone with a Trace. And until then, this is your old buddy Bucho, alongside your trusty pal Robbie, and we are out. Remember, you can support sending the clothes for free simply by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or any other podcast platform and Pucho and Robbie will read the review on a future feedback episode. And speaking of feedback episodes, you can also send either a text or an audio message of 60 seconds or less to Pucho and Robbie at gmail.com. So be with you, always. Those are some of the finest troopers I've ever fought alongside. Echo, you and I go way back. If that's where you feel your place is, 
then that's where you belong. <laughs>